podcast starts. Hello everyone. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back and thanks for sticking with us. This show talks about horror. Horror in film, TV, other media, other items which we think of as adjacent to horror, and sometimes other things from our lives which we'd like to talk about just because that's who we are. Today we're going to be talking about ghosts. It's a questions of horror discussion. Ghosts, exactly why are they they frightening? Um, It's as simple as that. And it's going to be a discussion between myself, uh, T.D. Velasquez. As always, you can call me Dan. And I'm joined by two wonderful people. Firstly, I am joined by... Ian Winterton. Welcome, Ian. Welcome back. And secondly... Hi, Stella in Manchester. Hello, Stella. Uh, Fantastic to have you both back on the show. Um, so soon. The last time we all spoke to to each other was about during Barty's party. I hope Yay. we've uh, recovered from that traumatic experience. Um, and uh, changed my life, man. I'm still well. I think your your rat story certainly altered some of my sleeping patterns. <laughs> so um, thank you very much for that. Um, and listeners, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. I think I'm going to say that every week now for, yeah. for the rest of this series. If you haven't heard Ian's rap story, go back to that episode and listen to it. Um, now, that was great. It's an example of how you don't need ghosts to uh, make your skin crawl. Uh, true. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that ghosts are the only frightening thing in horror by any means. <laughs> um, I'm just interested in... Uh, why they are frightening. We'll get onto that in a second, but um, uh, Ian, I understand you have a bit of news you'd like to discuss. Well, just the uh, the the Cutaway Comics um, project that I'm a small part of um, is one of their stretch goals on the Kickstarter was to have an audio adaptation of one of their comics, which is about Omega, um, who's a sort of ghost. He's an antimatter ghost, isn't he? Sort of in Doctor Who, yes, he's, a, Doctor Who. he's an immortal antimatter. But um, Gareth in uh, Cutaway Comics has uh, has secured the the coup of getting Brian Blessed to play Omega, wow. which is pretty amazing. That's very um, cool. Yeah, so it I, is pretty cool. If I understand the announcement correctly, basically it's it's crowdfunded and. The, uh, the the goals on the crowdfunder say, and if you pay an extra £12, you can hear Brian Blessed <laughs> perform this yes. comic on audio. Basically, by the time this podcast goes out, um, it will be closed. So people who have missed it... I've missed it. So yeah. So so in terms of a piece of news, it's not really news, is it? No, but the 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 Kickstarter is just basically there for pre-sales and publicity because it does get zoomed around. Um, It will be available. It will all the whole package will be available for sale um, in the future. Anyway, just slightly more money than you'd get if you backed the Kickstarter. Okay. If you're hearing it first here, sorry. Mental, <laughs> mental note to me in the present day, I must back this Kickstarter in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, in the next, um, I've got it open, in the next 20 hours. Right. Well, time of recording. 
Uh, yeah, that's useless information to you, listeners, but how exciting. <laughs> uh, Brian Blessed, yeah. uh, back being shouty. He's, um, he's gone through a period of being quite hard to find and, and rarely making appearances. But I understand also in the last couple of days it's been announced that he's going to be in the um, Christmas special of Wurzel Gummidge, which is going to be on this year. So, oh, my God. So, he, is, he is working, because I saw another announcement that he's voicing some big cartoon that I can't remember the name of. But, uh, right. but yeah. I, I feel like he's got to the stage in his career where he's happy to just be a voice. Everybody knows him as the big voice and the big laugh yeah. anyway. So he yeah. can just sit at home and record something and send it somewhere. I'm um, very much looking forward to the recording because apparently the bits in between the takes, he's gold. He's very sweary and slags off lots of people. Well, tells <laughs> And and also doesn't isn't shy of telling you who who's an asshole. Right, <laughs> cool. So uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Will you be able to eavesdrop on that, Ian? Because you've not written the script of that one, have you? No, no. But I I, I think I'm I think I'll be uh, on the on the call. Right. As nice a one. Producer. <laughs> I'm going to be. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Make it so. Lucky yes. you. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can exercise some executive power there. Okay, yeah, right. I would yeah. if I was you, so fair enough. Um, yeah. Great. Well, I haven't got um, any news in my life, apart from that it continues, and there's maybe <laughs> going to be a vaccine. Yay! Yay! Um, so um, at, at some point, we, we, we may actually rename this podcast, And Now the Pandemic Stops. <laughs> um, but But I'm not doing it yet. Touch wood. Uh, we'll, no. we'll, we'll wait for some more confirmation. But yeah, yeah. Um, the vaccine will go to Greater Manchester last. I know. Yeah, it's punishment. <laughs> yeah. Daring punishment. to speak up. None of you vote Tory. You can all piss off. <laughs> oh, punishers! As saying that their offer of help a few weeks ago was frankly bullshit. So we'll, we'll be punished for daring to uh, to answer yeah. back, as it were. <laughs> mm, maybe I'm just looking forward to the next time the Tory, Tory party conference is held in Manchester. <laughs> Come on then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always been an interesting choice that they mm. they come to Manchester for that. And um, yeah. the protests I, are always good laugh though. Yes, I was I was there last time. Yeah. Um, and might not be as mild mannered next time. Mm, interesting <laughs> times. Gosh, if we can. <laughs> gather in sufficient numbers they might pass a bylaw or something <laughs> yeah. oh dear we'll so. still gather eggs in sufficient numbers to yeah. throw at them from a distance <laughs> yeah. yeah social distancing as long as we all have eggs and and yeah. rotten apples then we'll be all right yeah. so yeah 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 um excellent <laughs> stella i don't think you had any major news apart from that you're here and i'm glad to see that you're well yeah um, You've you've just done a ton of marking, I think, haven't you? Well, I've started a ton of marking. Um, right. It's week nine, so I've got loads of assessments coming in this week. And I started some marking this afternoon, and then when, when my daughter got back from school, and then she needed things, food and stuff, I just couldn't couldn't do any more. So I spent a good hour just lying on the sofa, thinking, no, no more. Then I went for a walk and I felt a bit better. 
Oh, oh yeah, good. no more marking today. I'll get back on it. Uh, marking is marking's a bastard. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> it's quite interesting stuff because there's none of it. None of it at this stage is essays. They're all done um, sort of presentation videos. Right. And they're quite they're quite entertaining to watch, yeah. but there's just so many of them. <laughs> That's the problem. Like zombies, yeah. one on its own is fine, but there's just so many. You just end up drowning <laughs> yeah. in a horde of, of videos. And there's been a lot of spending most of my days this week. I just seem to be putting out fires all the time. They're just always lots of emails about things not working and they can't upload and. Where do they put this and where does that go? Ah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's week nine. 18th of December is when I finish for Christmas. Right. And that's when I start drinking or mainlining Baileys. So. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah. 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 Christmas isn't Christmas without Baileys. Yeah. Well, they do a vegan one that. now, so I can have that. Yeah, do they really? Yeah, it's an almond base. milk based one. Right, okay. It's nice and and the nice thing about it is it's not quite as sickly. So you can in fact drink, drink loads more. of it. Right. <laughs> because I always yeah, thought nice. that was like a kind of um safety valve in Bailey's is that yeah. you can you can't drink more than like maybe one and a half glasses. Yeah, and then oof. But um but no that's been solved by the sound yeah. of it. So all right, okay, I won't ring you up then. <laughs> it's nice. It's good. There's one in the cupboard, and I keep looking at it in the cupboard, and like, <laughs> right. Soon, this my is friend. so Soon. off topic. But is that is that is that like an actual branded Baileys? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. So yeah. If it's I Google called... Baileys, vegan Baileys. Yeah, it's, ba it's called Baileys almond or almond because it's got an e on the end. <laughs> it's this in a white bottle. Looks to you by vegan Baileys. Looks <laughs> you by Baileys. Yeah, if you want to sponsor us, I'm vegan. <laughs> 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 Statement you put a little, made. Put a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that, Ian? <laughs> you got to finish that part. I I link on, that link on the bottom and just just see if uh, Bailey's taking any notice. Just, I'll just tag them in this on Twitter every week until they yeah. decide to give us some money to stop. Right. I'll probably send us some bottles. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, we can do some nice publicity photos and put them on the yeah. website. Um, okay, so we better anyway. get back on topic. All right, so so ghosts. Okay, ghosts. so uh, we've had one questions of horror discussion in the past. This is just a, a kind of fill-in strand that we do every now and then. Um, just when something occurs to me or any of us uh, um, about horror that seems like a question worth exploring. And this came to me because recently I finally watched The Haunting of Hill House um, after numerous recommendations. Uh, from my wonderful friends here, and um, did you like it? it did frighten me. I did like it. Um, I'd yeah. like to. I'd like us to do a review episode where we could talk about it in detail. But um, yeah, it just made me. There were a couple of points which made me think, "Why am I frightened?" And it's not the first time this has happened to me with ghosts. So basically, I think even conceptually, the idea of a ghost—it's a person who's dead, but you can still see them. As a basic concept, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, most times when when we we lose people, we'd like to be able to see mm. them again. Um, on the other hand, I understand that some ghosts are like situational ghosts. In, in depending on the story they're in, they're frightening because of where they are. They appear unexpectedly, but at the same time, you know, you could say the same thing about a burglar. 
-hmm. You know, a, a, a stranger in the street isn't so frightening. A stranger turning up in your bedroom at night or whatever is um, a shock. Um, <laughs> so therefore, it, the, surely there's something different to ghosts than that. Because when I watch like a thriller suspense uh, film about burglars, I don't have, uh, you know, a chill running down my spine. Um, and... You know, some ghosts are also, they just look frightening. Mm -hmm. So you, you can, you know, I think certainly in recent years, in the last 20 years or so, we've had this phenomenon of the, uh, the kind of black haired, pale faced, frequently female ghost with a gaping maw. Um, <laughs> that you know that seems to happen and that always works for me that always terrifies me uh, is that just visual is that because we don't like looking at like other human beings who seem to be abjectly in pain or abjectly anguished or or even just or angry or something all these things i understand separately but i suppose what i'm wondering is is there a unique thing to the idea of a ghost that kind of runs under all this that makes ghosts frightening or if you put it in the right context, is it possible that a ghost could not be, could be a completely unfrightening thing, an ordinary comforting presence? I like the Canterville ghost. I like that one. It's not frightening. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just putting that out there. Um, what do you think? What's your first thoughts, Stella? I know you've had some thoughts about this. So, um, Well, I tried to make a list of reasons as to why ghosts might be scary because when you put this question to us the other day, I did think that all the, all the horror texts that continued to bother me after I'd seen them, so the ones that disturb your sleep and mm -hmm. the ones that you think about at three o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you need a wee and you think, yeah, I'll just stay in bed actually, I think. I'm not going out there onto the landing. They're all ghosts. Mm. So Ghost Watch, Hill House and the Bent Neck Lady, who you're now familiar with. Oh, yeah. Um, Paranormal Activity three, that one really bothered me, and then and then Host, obviously from this year, yeah, and yeah. all of those. It's like well, it's it's all ghosts. So there's obviously something that's bothering me. And when I was a kid, it was ghosts that bothered me, or you know, my imagination thought about ghosts at night when I was frightened and couldn't go to sleep. It was never zombies or werewolves or monsters under the bed or anything like that. It was it was the idea of of ghosts. Mm. So tried to make some points as to why they might be frightening to me and so i've got that they're they're uncanny so they're familiar you know so it's, you recognize it as a human being but it's different so it's unsettling that way yeah you can't categorize it it's yeah so of... we we can't recognize it properly we don't know what to do with it yeah it's sort of it's blurring the border between life and death they should be quite absolute things and the ghost sort of sits in the middle so it's confusing that way and then that ties into how we're anxious about death anyway then we would like the idea that when we die we move on somewhere else so a ghost is maybe showing us or telling us or pointing to the fact well it's not as simple as that that you don't move on to to mm. peace and then you know reminding us of our own mortality and then how it's kind of contrary to science so you know science says there are no ghosts and there's no proof but there's still enough of our imagination to think about it and maybe it just goes as far back as you know, when we were living in caves and we didn't really understand things and we were frightened of, of the dark and we were frightened of shadows and what, what might be in there, I suppose. But all of those things together, I still don't really think that gives 
a very concrete explanation because I, I don't know it's still all a bit wafty <laughs> yeah well no it's i i think that everything that you said and that i've said are all individually valid mm. in different contexts and in different mm. stories but um there isn't the kind of one principle that, yeah. that 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 kind of runs through all of them what do you think ian well I, yeah i was trying to think um and I think, like like we've said about horror in general, I think situation is is everything. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of scary stories work when uh, when it's one it's a protagonist who's by themselves. It's very rarely that a scary film will be, you know, six people freaking out because there's a ghost. Yeah. It's so often one person, and we. You know, we put ourselves in the shoes of the protagonist, which yeah. is very easy to do in a novel. But the same same way, you know, in a if you think about all the scary scenes involving ghosts <laughs> in cinema, it's usually somebody walking quite slowly down a corridor, whoever that is. Mm. And I think there's something about the silence and the and the the fact that it happens by yourself because yeah. I, I've, I, I, um. There's a really good book um, um, called The Nat a Natural History of Ghosts by Roger Clark. Um, oh. And it's uh, come to my attention again because there's, um, there's a Radio 4 series at the moment which sort of nicked his name, nicked, nicked the name A Natural History of Ghosts. Um, and he's, he's in, I've been following him on Twitter because he's, he's sort of got them to take the word natural. So now theirs is just a history of ghosts. Um, it's all a bit of a controversy because... Oh, so sorry. It's the natural history of ghosts. The natural history so, of ghosts. Is I thought you said the unnatural history of no, ghosts. No, no, it's the natural history of ghosts. Right. Right. Um, and it basically sort of traces why ghosts are in human culture. And mm -hmm. it, but it also focuses, it focuses in on some you know, sort of well-known hauntings. And it's a really good book. Um, um, and actually, the, I shouldn't say this in support of him, but also the... History of Ghosts that's on Radio 4, um, which accidentally, allegedly, um, although there's, that's the that's the bit that they're they're disputing, the accidentally nicking his title and the general thesis of his book. Well, the um, thing is, if they, if it was an accident, they haven't got a very good legal department, have they? Because they're supposed to check that kind of thing. It is the BBC. No, no, and also, also, I, I, yeah, also, also, He's he's basically said, well, here's her blog, which she's now deleted, in which she talks about my book, um, uh, <laughs> and things like that. But um, but actually, it's quite, her, her thing on Radio Four is actually quite good as well. If you want to if you want to listen to something, and there's something quite scary about the way she tells the stories. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, but it, it's, it's got stuff that I didn't know. Like Turn of the Screw is based on a true story. Um, right. Well, it's inspired, apparently, um, James heard the Archbishop of Canterbury tell a strangely gruesome, is the, uh, is the where he described it in his diaries, a strangely gruesome um, story uh, about a haunting. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and not long after that, he wrote Turn of the Screw. So, uh, but yeah, but it's, um, it's, it's, I think, I think there's something, I think there's something primal. Ghosts very rarely happen in daylight. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. They, it's, it's, it's to do with, if you think how scary the world is, um, <laughs> when, no. when you have got electricity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you take electricity out of every single situation, you do. Um, <gasps> Stella's just turned her light off. Turn, yeah. turn it back on, Stella. <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but if you just take electricity out of everything, and then you've got to, if you hear a bump in the night, you've got to light a candle. Then yeah. straight away, everything's terrifying. Yeah. But um, but in the natural history of ghosts, he uses the quote at the beginning of one of his chapters, which is, I don't believe, uh, do I believe in ghosts? No, but I am scared of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's basically what oh, cool. Yeah, in our, in our in our in our secular world, do I believe in ghosts? No, they break the third law of thermodynamics. Am I am I scared when I walk through a graveyard? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Am I yeah. scared if I if I if I go in a if I go in a scary house that's got yeah. bad, you know, that's bad got vibes, a bad vibe or bad history? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If someone tells you it's got a bad history, I mean, I don't believe in ghosts, and yet. I've had some weird experiences in my youth with Ouija boards. Uh, right. I've, I, I grew up in quite a big creaky house and it was weird. Um, whenever, as a child, we had a big long landing. So going to the toilet in the middle of the night was just terrifying. Every, yeah. every single night of my life. <laughs> so I'd do this thing and oh God, I need a wee. And I'd get up and I'd be terrified and I'd, to get to the get to get the light to come on because my parents would never turn the landing light on even though we begged them so to get to the light i had to run the entire length of this massive long landing uh, and then slap the slap the uh slap the light on and at the sort of and then at the end of that there was a sort of turn bit and i always thought i always had this impression of something big and and evil being around that corner mm -hmm. um just and you know and just and then you slap the light on and you go i don't like this feeling but then you'd go into the bathroom and have a wee and then and then be a bit scared and then then sort of leave you leave you leave your arm out as far as you can <laughs> and then you switch it off so you've got you have to run back down the landing in the dark and then under the covers because you're thinking, safe under there. <laughs> well, thinking something, that thing that I didn't like the feeling of is basically just at my heels. Mm. Um, and then you get into your room and slam your door. And that was basically my entire life um, as a child. And then it was really weird because my brother was in the room next to mine. He had even further to go. And it was weird because we never talked about it. And then we were back at my parents' house when we were both grown up. And they they don't often entertain. They don't often have dinner parties. But this time they had loads of people. I can't remember what the reason was. Um, and there was this woman who was a friend of a friend, and she said she was a psychic. Um, and and it was so weird. But she went around the house. Oh, this is a lovely house, lovely house. And then she got to that spot in front of our bathroom and went, Oh Jesus, um, something bad happened here. No, and, I don't like it. <laughs> and. And my brother went, oh, God. And I went, what do you mean? He went, that spot's always freaked me out. I went, me too. <laughs> oh, no. 
So, All right, I think we're done with the discussion today. <laughs> yeah, well, I so I don't believe in ghosts. And then there's stuff like that. And everyone's mm-hmm. lives is, is interwoven with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd agree with that exactly. I Rationally, I'm a skeptic and I don't believe in ghosts. But there's definitely moments where I'm scared of them, whether anything's there or not. And, you know, I've could list various incidents where something's just been a bit weird. Um, the one that always comes back to me whenever there's a discussion about ghosts with, with mates or whoever is when I was, I was 10 and my granddad died. Well, he died quite suddenly, a heart attack. And I remember like a couple of days later, we'd gone to his house to go and clear, start clearing the stuff out the way you do. You know, our houses have a certain smell. Houses oh, yeah. have a smell and stuff has a smell. That You know, the house, granddad's house had a smell. And then days and days later, I was at home and none of my granddad's stuff had come into our house. We were just sorting it out. We'd not started moving stuff yet. So none of his stuff was in the house to create the smell. But when I was in my mum's bedroom, I was helping her change the duvet cover. And then the, the smell of my granddad's house was just there in the room and it was cloying. And then we opened the window and was like, hmm, this is bizarre. And I was only 10, but I do remember thinking, oh, I, I, I know that smell and I recognise it, that it's from the smell is from my granddad's house. Right. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. lovely how, well, lovely is not the word. Um, I think it must be Kirsty's use of the word lovely rubbing off on me there. But, um, <laughs> uh you know, it's very, ghosts and things like that, they're very sensory, aren't they? And mm. the fact that um, evocative uh, senses like smell can be mm. how things seem to linger. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, I suppose for my part, I should also say, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't feel that I believe in ghosts, uh, but, and also, uh, we're, we're not the only people to say that, Um uh, Ruth Baumgarten, who is the producer of Ghostwatch, um, who wasn't able to come on that um, uh, live watch along they did the other week, sadly. Right. But I remember an interview with her where she um, flatly stated, I don't believe that supernatural events happen, but. But. Um, mm. And, y- you know, it, it is something that, that seems to be hardwired into us. Um, Ian, you noted about the fact that, you know, often it's dark, um, often it's about characters being alone. There's like, a, there's a kind of cultural, certainly in Britain, I, I don't know if it's like the same in, in maybe Japan. You know, I know that they have slightly different attitudes to their ghosts um, and other cultures, but I think certainly in, in Britain and, and probably America, there is like a cultural understanding that, you're probably safe if it's the daytime and yeah. you're probably safe <laughs> if you're with other people but you know there are movies that subvert that and when i was watching hill house mm. i was noting to myself how much more tense it got whenever somebody was on their own mm. you know uh, yeah. you could be pretty certain and, and the series certainly played on it that you know nothing was probably going to happen when there's two people around but it's a big house and all somebody has to do is walk down the corridor and leave you to get a cup of tea or something and um you know who knows um for my part i grew up in what is considered a haunted house 
Um, and a couple of years ago in, in my other life as a playwright, I, I wrote a ghost story play, which Ian helped me uh, um, uh, with. And I tried to put some of these incidents into it. So um, I don't really have much memory of any incidents because, I, you know, we were living in that house when I was born and we moved out when I was about eight. But when I was very little, apparently I could see things in the room and I would point and laugh at things that weren't there. Um, and then there were all these incidents that happened to my older brothers and sisters, like they reckon the house was haunted by the, the, the ghost of a monk and the ghost of a round head were both seen at different times. And at one point my sister woke up in the middle of the night and could feel somebody sitting on her bed. But yes. she turned the light on and there was nobody there. You know, stuff like that. There's quite a lot of stories <laughs> like that. Um, and and so, uh, obviously, these things have stayed with me. And, and although I, uh, I don't carry a belief have in they, that kind of stuff. Down? Well, no. Uh, hope... Did it move imprinted on you? on you? Hopefully not. Um, I think this house is okay, but I can still be scared in it. Mind you, the other night I was terrified because the carbon monoxide alarm went off. That was a different oh, kind of night. Terror. Um, yeah, probably worth worrying about that more than. Going <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't worry. I took action. I yeah. was I was waiting out in the garden for the engineer to arrive until four a.m. Wow. I basically said to mum, look, mum, we've got to get out of the house. There might be a gas leak. And she was like, nope, I'm staying in bed. <laughs> I was like, but mum, you know, if you stay in bed, we could be dead by the morning. And she said, if we go and sit outside in the garden, I could be dead by the morning. I'm <laughs> staying exactly where I am. And it was a good job she did because it turned out that um, there was nothing wrong with the gas. The alarm was faulty. Uh -huh. uh -huh. But the uh, engineer who turned up at four a.m. was excellent. So, well, thank um, you, engineer. But um, but back to the topic. So uh, <laughs> That's, yeah. it's just it just reminded me talking about stuff like imagining. I guess I've I guess I've uh, rewatched Host recently again. Um, it's it's there's something about the fact we're on Zoom now being a bit just the fact that we're telling ghost stories. That feeling mm. straight away we get prickly hair on the back of our neck. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even joking, like saying, "Oh, did it? Did I? Did it? Did the ghost come with you?" Yeah, yeah. teasing my brother about things I could see <laughs> when I was little, and then I scared myself. And it's like <laughs> when you're telling ghost stories around the campfire, you scare yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're kind of enjoying it, and you're going, oh, "I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> I hadn't put this feeling out there." Um, I mean... but, we, but we kind of, but but it kind of made me think. One thing that scares me a lot is if I'm watching something against the wall, I'm okay. But if I'm watching stuff, if I'm watching stuff, like I was in the house for a while where we had the sofa in the middle of the room. So I'd, whatever I'd watch, would there'd be this big space behind me. And right. that was a lot scarier. Yeah, that's not good. There's a space behind me that could be filled. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. By that thing um, from your parents' house, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, something. It's the first time I watched The Witch, which isn't a ghost. Um, yeah. She's a witch. Um, that that was a real, real palpable feeling that something was behind me. I kept turning and looking behind me quite often watching that sort of film. 
Mm-hmm. And the shiny has that same same bristly neck feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, so many of these films do. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I love these films, and sometimes I go, I don't want to put myself through this because I'm just not in the mood for uh, feeling this unsettled. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think. Um, and then, uh, then there's still there's still my favourite films. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I feel the same way. I've discovered recently, and on a similar note, that um, quite often I'm like with host and and just with the, the way that. Uh, media is streamed these days. Often I'm watching on my laptop in a darkened room, and that's kind of a terrifying way to watch a horror film because I'm just yeah. expecting something to loom out from behind the laptop. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I can sort, I can understand the entertaining appeal of these things because the, the, although I think I find them the most frightening film in the sense of chilling. Um, you know, hairs on the back of your neck, stays with you afterwards, mm-hmm. um, goes in your imagination. But at the same time, because we don't believe in ghosts, we can sort of dissociate the fear from the kind of fear that we'd expect to, to have in our normal life, like the fear of someone getting ill or the fear of mm-hmm. an accident. Um, yeah, but they still they still keep me... There's still the one thing I can do in my life that will make me maybe have to... Admitting this to the internet, maybe have to sleep with the bedside lamp on <laughs> if I was in the house by myself. Um, and there's nothing else that will make me do that. Yeah, I'm the same. So, yeah, so... I can watch the news. I can watch the worst atrocities from around the world yeah. that are really happening, and I'll turn the light off and sleep like a baby. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I'm the same. Listen to loads yeah. of murder podcasts. Constant murder, murder, murder. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when Owen's away, because before pandemic he works away a lot when mm. he's away i sleep i'm pointing so nobody can see but when i go to bed i leave the bathroom light on right but even now yeah even when you haven't watched a yeah and i absolutely would not watch host or hill house or anything like that in like a few days before i knew he was going working away because that would be stupid because <laughs> <laughs> i know no. how how i'll be and I, it'll bother me and you know, I'll have to. Yeah, <laughs> I get, I get that. Yeah, I get flashbacks to that running to the bathroom feeling mm. from my childhood. That's what okay. I get. I don't watch, blame if I jangled my nerves, yeah, then that's what. That's the sort of there's something under the bed or the or the having to run to the nearest nearest light source. Yeah, which <laughs> which if you think in the olden days the nearest light source was a candle if you were lucky. Or yeah. waiting till the sun came up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then, uh... <laughs> well, like a few minutes. I'll go and stand in the moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, gee. Um, a few months ago yeah. on this show, we talked about the, the movies that scared us the most. And Stella, you mentioned all those you've just mentioned now. The one I mentioned was the, the remake of The Grudge. Yeah. Which, uh, not the recent remake, the the first remake, um, <laughs> and n- not remembered as a great film, but it it just hits on that thing of a white face kind of looming out of the darkness, mm-hmm. um, which a, a, a lot of movies do, and it it just terrifies me. And it, with a certain kind of film, 
whenever there's a pool of darkness in the screen, I'm just terrified that something will just loom out of it. Mm. Um, and, and that does happen to me whenever I'm in a place on my own in the dark, just expecting a face to somehow appear, and I'm desperate trying to work out where, where the light switch is or whatever. There's, there's something about, I guess, uh, Broken Neck Lady um, is fits into this, but something about people who are slightly at the wrong angle and yeah. skinny and so often female, which is probably something yeah. so often they're female. And I think the female stuff probably taps back into like in the folkloric thing of the loafly lady. So our sort of, Ooh, we don't like hags. There's that kind of, right. there's that kind of uh, misogynistic mm. base to it. We don't oh, like, it. we don't like, uh, <laughs> We don't like strange-looking, emaciated women. Um, mm. <laughs> um, but also, a lot of it's children. And yeah. I think the children it's thing the has always worked because children being dead is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then the fact that you might have children... The idea of being pursued by malevolent children is just kind of creepy. And if they're yeah. also dead and have supernatural yeah. powers... Then, uh, but have you seen the orphanage? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great movie. Very frightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got um, that's very much in the innocence, um, sort of Hill House kind of uh, yeah, in that mode. I think it, that was just outside my inner circle of most frightening films. Oh right, yeah. talked about the, yeah, the orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've only no, seen it great. once, but it was just searingly. Uh, terrifying and delicate. It's got yeah. a really well. We shouldn't spoil it for people because people should really watch it. But it's got yeah. such a downer of an ending. But that, again, that fits into what we always say: is in this genre, the wide genre of horror, you can be very pleased that there's a downer ending, <laughs> and yeah. you don't. You, no one goes. Well, the test group reacted negatively to that, so we're going to make it a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine. It's a scary movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. scary. Yeah, um, yeah. On that, everyone dies. Based on what you've just said, I, I've really got to encourage both of you to watch the Woman in Black again. Uh, the, I know. the TV one, because um, yeah, um, emaciated lady check, scary <laughs> ghost child check, uh, downer of an ending check, check, check. It just <laughs> hits every note. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was, as part of my sort of getting ready for this, I, I hit upon the Guardians, uh, in, in this is this comes to our movies, but the scariest ghosts in cinema. Mm. And at number 20, they've got Freddy Krueger. And I don't even think of Freddy Krueger as a ghost because I've never found Krueger scary anyway. Mm. But technically, he's a ghost, isn't he? Yeah, um, he is. But he's very mm. different from all the things we've been talking about. Yeah. To me, he's a man in a rubber, and I've never been that bothered about him. Um, so I wouldn't, and I certainly wouldn't put him in a top anything of scary ghosts because I put him in funny ghosts. I think he's <laughs> like an interesting character. Classic movies from the eighties. Um, yeah, he's but, an interesting yeah. character, but he's, but he's not, not my not idea scary of scary ghost. at all. No. Um, well, no. but, um, he's too physical. Yeah, too corporeal. But, corporeal. But, even, but even. The, orf <laughs> the orphanage is on there. Um, the, the others as well is a weird one because they're remaking that apparently for some reason, even though it was only 
it must have only been two years ago that came out. Um, <laughs> 19. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But, um, oh, wow. Because I remember watching that going, well, that's just a rip-off of The Innocence. But it's actually a very, it's a very effective rip-off of The Innocence. Well, you know what? Um, I, the first time I watched both The Orphanage, uh, sorry, uh, The Innocence and The Others was in a double bill. In, t- oh, wow. in about 2002, I got the. I, I hope, rented. I hope, the, I hope they put the innocence on first. No, well, it wasn't them. It was me. I, I rented oh, right. the uh, the others on DVD from the video shop, Ooh. and and I also had the innocence just taped off Channel Four from the night before, and I watched them, and it was good because they're different enough hmm. that the, the innocence uh, and the innocence is good enough that even though you've just seen a very similar film, I didn't think, oh, here we go again. It, it, was, it was like more of the same, but better. So actually the evening went on an upward tra- trajectory. And, and mm. the others, um, without spoiling it for anyone who's not seen it, but I found the others very frightening towards the start, but then at, towards the end when they explained things, as is often mm. the case, yeah. the fear kind of dissipated. Whereas The Innocence doesn't do that. It, it kind of stays I, uncanny I think, all the way through. I think that's maybe a, something of more modern Hollywood movies, Western movies, is that they over-explain and they get caught up in the three-act structure. And, and they, don't, they don't just go, this is a, this is a short story that's mm-hmm. going to be 90 minutes long. That'll scare the shit out of you. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. right when they remade The Ring and they had to bring in loads of stuff that took you out of it. Um, whereas you watched the original Japanese version and it's it's a sort of plot like a laser beam that basically, you know, it moves glacially but not over a very long period and then by the end of it you're terrified. Yeah. Um, it's how I found Ringu anyway. Mm. Um, but, yeah, um, I haven't seen the remake. I've seen the original. The remake's got all this weird stuff that involves a CGI horse on a boat and jumping off the edge into the ocean, and it's just like it just—it's just all this unnecessary extra characters and right. business that you don't need. I—I've—I've I've said this before on this podcast, I think, but I think horror movies in general need to follow the. That's why no, novellas are a good, are a good, yeah. are a good format for the horror horror movie because otherwise you're moving into something else. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel it's got elements of scary in them, but but it's more about the story. Whereas if you've just got a here's a haunting, this yeah. is what the ghost wants. I feel this, a good name to mention ghost. at this yeah. point would be Richard Matheson, who wrote mm-hmm. Duel among other things. Yeah. Um, and, and I yeah, remember reading Iron Legend as well. Yes, you write yeah. Legend? Yeah, 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 which is a great book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of the films of it, but the book is stunning, mm. and. I will go to my grave regretting that they didn't make a version of I Am Legend in the early to mid-90s starring Michael Bean, preferably directed by John Carpenter or someone like that, because it's just <laughs> that kind of um, lean, uh, sort of late 80s, early 90s action horror material. It'd be great. You could do it for nothing. Mm. You could spend no money on it. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> but um, uh, instead, they... Well, there, there, are, there are plenty of versions of it in which they probably spent no money on it. So, you know, and I haven't seen any of them, so some of them might be quite good. But, yeah, I, I remember reading an interview with Matheson where he just said um, flatly, um, I hate subplots. My stories don't have subplots. 
And, you know, you think about it, Jewel, such a simple nugget. Um, we've talked about it before. Um, his, his big ghost novel was the, uh, it's called The Legend of... Oh, no, the, the, the novel is called Hell House, which was filmed mm -hmm. as The Legend of Hell House, which... And that's um, in the top... That's in The Guardian's top 20. The, um, <laughs> it's quite yeah, notable. Yeah. Scott the ghost. I, I must say that that's one we should do. I've never seen it. I um, haven't seen it either. Roddy right. McDowell. Yeah, Roddy I, McDowell. I I have it on DVD. Um, and uh, Tim Shaw, who came on this podcast a while ago to talk about Horror Express, um, it, it's one of his key text mm. horror movies. So he told me that if we ever do Hill, uh, Hell House, Legend of Hell House, it's so confusing that there are so many haunt movies Houses. called something like. Uh, house on Haunted Hill, or a variation of those syllables. Mm -hmm. um, house on the left. But um, um, yeah, so um, house recently. But no, um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll talk more about that later. But um, uh, yeah, so mm -hmm. we we should definitely cover that. I remember really enjoying it. It's got a bit of a weird ending, which has been described as one of the worst endings of any movie. <laughs> and oh, really? apparently, Richard Matheson hated it. It. Because he he wrote the script for the movie, but they uh, distorted it in the way they they filmed it. So he he said he was very disappointed. Right. But there, it's definitely spooky. Um, I another, think... another film that's on the list is another film I haven't seen called Black Sabbath from nineteen sixty three. Oh, otherwise known as Black Sunday, otherwise Black known Sunday. as Mask of Satan, Mario Bava's film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Barbara yeah, yeah. Steele, but apparently the old the old lady. There's quite a lot of old ladies. Um, well, it. but it's weird looking at this thing because so many. And the, the the woman in black, 1989 version, is at number three. You'll be pleased to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got the haunting, which is an amazing film, and then the innocence at the top, which I rewatched right. recently, and still, still, I still jumped when the when. What's his face popped up in the window? Yeah. Even though, I think by now I would know who's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, um, but, but looking at this list, like so many of them are J horror, like Japanese scary mm. movies. Well, it's almost and, as if that's the only corner there, but... of the genre that does that regularly now. You know, it used yeah. to be that that kind of attitude to supernatural horror seems to be kind of the purview of, of Japanese stuff now, whereas it used to turn up in, in British things and in American things a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, I, I don't know that much J-horror. Basically, I've seen Ringu and I've seen half of the original Grudge, but I couldn't deal with watching it because of how much the remake had already scared me <laughs> by that point. I've never seen the oh, remake, but the, but the the original Grudge is amazing. Yeah, Waters worth seeing. The Eye that came out sort of. I remember seeing somebody. There was so, so many of them at one point. I remember the cinemas were having to put warnings saying this contains subtitles, because people were so used to just blithely walking into a cinema assuming it was being English. Right. I remember seeing somebody after the Eye demanding their money back and screaming at the. Cause, cause oh, they could piss off. Uh, there being subtitles. Mm -hmm. but, um, nah. But I think I think something that um, Ring, Ringu sort of reminds me that, and what we were talking about before, the the situation of watching 
a scary movie, in, in this case, ghost movies, that also affects how scary they are. The whole the protagonist is alone, and if you're alone, mm. then it's scary. <laughs> You've got no chance, have you? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And, but but, but I, I think sometimes in the cinema experience, sometimes you'll go and we'll go and watch them, and there'll be too many people there that aren't respecting the medium, i.e., yeah. members of the public. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the the ghost the ghost story doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. Whereas if you're in a room full of people and they're all together and yet alone because they're all quietly watching this thing and they're all jumping. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. thing to behold. Yeah. But, um, oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a good point, well made, isn't it? But, it's really but, easy to wreck a movie that's. It's frightening in that subtle way. I remember yeah. when we all went to see The Exorcist in 1998 when it was re-released and how people laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the yeah. same for Blair Witch Project. All of these are movies that we talked about being almost frightening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the um, but but and uh, what I was going to sort of talk about was a really memorable, a memorable, memorable press screening because. Like like I've said before, with with comedies, they tend to give you beer, so you're so so you're more likely to laugh. Right. And, but how to make us and with scary movies, sometimes it's uh, if if we if 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 usually we're quite well behaved because we're critics. So sometimes you'll get you'll get the reviews for a scary movie will be so good compared to what the general public will then go in and see it and go. Ugh. That wasn't that scary because they're watching it in a noisy multiplex. Yeah. So sometimes we get like the perfect, the perfect viewing, and it's more perfect than most people will get. And so sometimes I think a full cinema, you know, you're better off watching them in home cinema um, mm. by yourself in a creaky house by yourself. That's probably the best way. Just just like the opposite of the best way to watch a comedy film is in a room full of people. The best way to watch horror is probably by yourself. Yeah, to yeah. Get its full effect, but um, but with Ringu, we got like literally the best. I don't think there's any, ever been a better better experience for me for a film, and I mean, it's a terrifying film anyway. But we watched it. There weren't many of us. We watched it in a small screening room in Soho, and because we were journalists, we had no, you know, we had no idea, no hype, because we were the hype. Um, it was just this movie over from Japan, and it was before Japanese horror was like this big thing either. So we watched it, and before the lights went down, we were like, "Why is there a phone on a? Why is there a telephone on a table in the corner?" And then we thought nothing more about it. And then we watched the movie, and we were all kind of breathless and kind of going, "Oh my god, that was good, wasn't it?" And then just as we sort of relaxed, the phone in the corner rang really, really loudly, and we all shit our pants again. Right. <laughs> So, have, have they deliberately placed that phone there? To... Yeah, yeah, just to uh, just to just to jangle our nerves a little bit more and make us go five stars. I'm sorry, I was going to give it four. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, oh, um, that's just little tricks that people PR people do to uh, to uh, to make us stick five stars and gush about a film. Yeah, and then people at uh, home go, God, what were they watching? <laughs> it's all right. It didn't scare me that much. Um, but I, I, it's so subjective being scared as well. But I think maybe that's why ghosts 
are sort of evergreen because every culture does them. So maybe, maybe if you want to have a creepy, creepy, you know, any anything creepy, um, you're guaranteed if it's a ghost and we don't see it that you're going to be uh, you're going to probably scare more people in the audience than you than any other sort of thing. Yeah, if you can lure them into using their imaginations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, but it's it's funny with that they're everywhere. I mean, have you seen a film called Satan's Slaves? Um, Indonesian film from 2017. I think yeah. it's on Shudder because people suddenly started talking about it not so long ago. All right. Um, and I reviewed that at Grimfest um, a couple of years ago, and uh, it's brilliant. It's a really simple film. In fact, I think I've heard Rob Savage mention it as a recent film that he really rated as well. Right, but it's okay. brilliant to see, you know, it works just like any of his ghost story, but it's because it's in a culture that's very different from ours. Mm-hmm. You get to sort of also explore the similarities and the differences, but basically the basic attitude to to ghosts is is almost the same as in hereditary or something mm. um but it happens to be set in indonesia mm. uh, and there's a slight overlap because maybe they, they don't go to the mosque very often so there's a sort of bit of a are we maybe we're not very religious and that's why this is happening to us kind of thing right which is uh sort of feeds into the ventral ghost but it's a brilliant brilliant chiller and has some really mm. scary again so many things just involve sheets on beds, don't they? Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, um, and, and slightly twisted women with black hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I I think Ian's point uh, about you know receiving this kind of stuff best, perhaps when you're on your own at home rather than in a cinema with a yeah. full audience. I mean, that kind of explains why I think that some of the most um, kind of palpable ghost stories that have permeated the popular consciousness in this country are the Christmas ghost stories from TV from the 70s which you know now are nicely happening again um, just the idea of just spooking yourself out before you walked along to midnight mass or whatever <laughs> you know yeah. half, literally half an hour before Christmas morning um <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's a really weird tradition, but it obviously really uh, was really embraced in this country because they've they've done it for. Oh, I mean, I know it's not every year, but certainly throughout the seventies, it was nearly every year, and and now they've over the last ten fifteen, they've they've done it quite often as well, and I think it's kind of an, an understood thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So, okay, so yeah. I, I'm I'm mindful of. The fact, Ian, if you've got a thought, hold it for a second, because I'll give you an opportunity to... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Frozen. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm mindful that we've only got 10 minutes or so left. And also, you know, we we, we talked a lot about uh, examples of ghostly things that are frightening to us in various ways. I'm not sure we've really got any closer to the answer of why these things are frightening. Um, although we have explored quite a lot. Um, I think over the next few minutes, let's wrap the discussion up. And do either of you have kind of more thoughts 
in in the way of uh, concluding the the kind of question ian you were about to say something when i interrupted then um well i was wondering about the the aloneness of it the uh, and I, and i was just thinking that seems to, for me that seems to be key to why they're scary darkness <laughs> and being alone even more than the fact that these people are dead um yeah. but i think maybe the supernatural power maybe the fact that we can't do anything against them like mm. if if they're real then they can do anything they want to us um but i was also thinking about the fact that the the tradition comes from people telling you scary stories that's around the campfire in the neolithic or whenever did, did neanderthals tells ghost stories you know when did we have this idea of demons and bad spirits you know so have mm. we been telling ghost stories for two million years um and and I, I wonder if in our own sort of culture it's really survived through the novel and the written word because that i don't think i've hardly ever been scared by a film in the same way that especially in my sort of early teens mm. i was scared by books like reading yeah. a book uh whether it's Stephen King or reading more classic ones, they just scare you the act of reading them by yeah. yourself in the dark. Did you yeah, have to hide them somewhere? Like if the book had scared you, you'd have to put it in a cupboard. <laughs> so that it oh, hurt you anyway. I've had to do that, but I have had to, I've had to turn the cover over. Yeah, I've done that. Actually, I can't have that yeah, face yeah. up. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I have a yeah, wussier yeah. version of that experience. When I was in primary school, I was terrified. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. You know, um, I was terrified by the Ladybird book of The Hound of the Baskervilles. And it, it became known among my classmates that I was terrified of this. So other pupils would purloin said book, hide it in their jumpers, and then come up to me and then reveal the front cover at the last minute. And I would go, <laughs> so, that's like that story about the um the exorcist isn't it the novel of the exorcist is it <laughs> i can't remember who did it really but um but uh he 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 tells this story that a co-worker was reading the exorcist and stopped and just threw it in the bin and said that's the most evil book i've ever read um i know that's right and then he then he said it was so evil that he threw it in the sea and then so this this guy went and got a book and r ran it under the tap and then put it in the drawer. In his <laughs> Excellent. In his thing. But it's weird because it, it was on Twitter the other day. There was this guy. He's just a regular guy. And he went viral because he told that and he passed that off as his, as his own story. Right. right. And the whole internet heard the whole internet had heard that story before. Yeah. And all his friends were going, Oh my god. And like hundreds of his friends were saying how cool he was and how wow. And he and he just wouldn't wouldn't admit <laughs> that he wasn't hit. And and like literally tens of thousands of people <laughs> were all piling up going, You're a dick. <laughs> this, this is a story. And here's all the links to it. And he's like, well, I, I, guess, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody really thought I was passing it off as my own. No, you definitely were. Here you are. And it became like this pointless pylon of a, of a civilian, basically. Ah, Twitter Just, loves that, though, doesn't it? And that's what it's for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a horror book I haven't read. Uh, you could call it a horror book, John Ronson's. Um, 
I can't remember what the actual title of it is, but he's yeah, the one about, about shamed, sort of shamed on the internet. Yeah, the, the about pylons and Twitter stuff and and yeah. the terrible things yeah, that, that happened as a result of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that woman, the poor woman who made a joke about HIV flying to Africa, and she'd lost a job by the time she landed. Yeah, because yeah. she just t- she just said, "Well, I won't catch AIDS because I'm white," and uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, and and then she was going to work for a charity in Africa and the job was no longer there when she touched down. Yeah. I'd <laughs> been flinging her tweet. Oh, gee. Yeah, that's on the universe. Um, so. I would just like to mention a, a novel that scared me rigid fairly recently in which I'd love to turn into a play or something like that was um, is a ghost story called... And there is this literary phenomenon of ghost stories are respectable Horror stories aren't, and I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah. having said that, the ones that really frighten me kind of are the the, the ghost story ones. And uh, yeah, it's called uh, Dark Matter by Michelle Paver, and it's a, a, a ghost story set um, in the 1930s on a mission to Antarctica. And basically, oh, wow. this guy. Um, on a scientific expedition, ends up overwintering. I love that word. In yeah. um, in this kind of abandoned harbour, it might be it might be the Arctic Circle rather than Antarctica. Um, and it's and basically he's just on his own, living in a little shed in an abandoned base for for like three months in Antarctica, and and he goes as crazy as as you imagine you would. Um, yeah. And it, it it's it's extremely chilling and uh, yeah I remember cool. that that was really troubling to me. Um, Stella, have you got a final thought before uh, we put the ghost discussion to bed? What's your favourite thought... ghost story? <laughs> uh, any in, in any medium? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably Ghost Watch. That is good. Good yeah. choice. But have I got an answer to the question? Um <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I just it's everything that we've talked about and then there's prob there's other things as well because you know, I mean Ian, you said before, even just talking about it is just a bit yeah. So you're telling your story before about running down the corridor and trying to find the light and it's like I know exactly how that feels. So you know, I was that kid as well, something frightened me and so maybe yeah, uni- maybe universality is a key part of it. Then it's a bit yeah. like we've all we all understand it. Yeah, there's not yeah. many. You know, you can make a film about scary spiders, and half the audience won't give a shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe there's something about being alone in a creepy place. Because yeah. part of me thinks you could probably explain most of it by the fact that we've got massive brains that we don't need. Um, <laughs> Certainly and, don't use. <laughs> yeah, and we don't use. So so when they're when so when you get places you've got all this cultural ancestor stuff <laughs> running through your dna mm. and you've got all it takes is a few creepy angles yeah and some shadow mm. and there's some shadow and the fact that maybe the house you're in is a bit old yeah. and you you've got that running down the stairs when i took out my parents bought a house about 10 years ago another creaky old house and now I moved in after I came back from India to some just to somewhere to live in the middle of middle of the dales um 
in a, with nothing for miles around. And I was suddenly like, oh, I am, I am in a horror movie. Um, <laughs> and then we sort of moved in and I was basically just doing it up uh, and, and not doing very much else apart from going for walks. And as I sort of realised, people would say, oh, yeah. and my mum would say, oh, well, yeah, the, the, man, the man we bought it from, well, we bought it from his family because he died. I think he died in the house. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, and then as I realized, as I got to know the house, it's like, he was scared of something because there were bolts on everything. So suddenly I was like, my imagination is really playing over time. Oh, and, stop and, it. And, <laughs> and it was like horror movie time because everything was in the cellar, which is quite unusual for a British house, but everything was in the cellar. So you couldn't turn the heating on. You had to go right. down these steps through a sort of one bit of cellar and then into another bit where the car would be parked and then go past it and turn the heating on and off. Why did they buy this house? <laughs> they still live in it now. It's gorgeous now. It's been done up. But when it was a ramshackle thing that basically was as it was left by a man who'd lived there by himself for 30 years and was nope. scared of everything. Nope. No, no, no. I could, I could, feel, I could <laughs> feel him everywhere. I could, I could, Im- well, I could imagine, obviously, because ghosts aren't real. I could imagine him everywhere. Everywhere I went, especially when I had to go down there and I had to open five bolts on one door down in the cellar to go into the cellar to, to mm. like into the second part of the cellar. He's probably just very <laughs> paranoid. He's probably just very reactionary and paranoid about youths. Yeah. But to me, it was like, oh my God, what's in this house? And I had some funny dreams there as well. I had some really, really hardcore nightmares. I think I'm probably uh, heading for funny dreams this evening. Too. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I, think, yeah. I think that's the perfect point to end on. Yeah. I think you've, you've I, reached that the. Yeah, the I, I think what it is is have you, have you ever had sleep paralysis? Yeah, because I had sleep paralysis yeah. in that house. Yeah. that's the scare. That's where most they reckon most of it comes from. Yeah, I was on that bed, slightly jangly from living there anyway, and then I had sleep paralysis, and 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 something walked in the room, ah. like. Like ah. a sort of big malevolent <laughs> shape walked in the room, and I looked around and I couldn't move my bed, but I was not imagining my bed, I was seeing it as it was mm. in the moonlight and 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 then I screamed a lot, and then I sort of realized I'd sort of woken up, but the room looked exactly the same, which was the freaky bit, but I think that sort of thing to the superstitious mind yeah is uh. Um, Minds that we what? don't have because we don't believe. Just no, no, because we, we don't believe no, in no. it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. I don't believe in it. It's fine. It's all nonsense. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sing, <laughs> "You are my lucky star" to myself like Ripley at the end of Alien. Yeah. Um, You've got I'll something be behind you on your shoulder, Dan. I can see. Oh Jesus! Don't say <laughs> that, man. Oh my God! God. I stopped there and looked, and was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> You can you can imagine so much. That's why host works so well because yeah. Yeah. living like this, the uncanniness of our everyday life is yeah. staring into Zoom, and it's that feeling of when you, especially if you're by yourself, and you switch off a Zoom call, and suddenly the whole house goes behind you. Yeah, and boom. yeah. It's like oh, I'm by myself, and I guess that's what's <laughs> mental health. Yeah, in general yeah. is communicating to flat screens and then you're in a house by yourself add a ghost into that no oh gee <laughs> right 
Thank you so much, Ian. On many levels, uh, thank you, Charlotte. I think we've come to the end of that discussion. I think it's uh, an eternal question, which we could always return to. There can be no definitive answer. And you I think changed we... your pants, Dan, by the sound of your favourite I've sold my armour. I will not comment on the colour of my trousers. I have a, a brown pair, but whether I'm wearing them, you are not to know. Um, okay, so that's that's the end of that discussion. I think we've discovered there's no end of ways to absolutely terrify ourselves. So, um, uh, why go scary? They just are. But what about Patrick Swayze? <laughs> He's in a ghost film. That wasn't scary. And yes, and technically he's probably a ghost now. Maybe he will yeah. allow you, Ian, for mentioning that you've invoked Patrick's ways. He's going to dance at you. <laughs> <laughs> the dance goes on forever. Yeah. Oh, God. So We've come to the end. Let's just have a minute for recommendations. Um, I, I think you had a recommendation, Stella, for this week. I do, yeah, and I have watched it. <laughs> right. Oh, it's uh, the possession of Hannah Grace, which is on Netflix. All oh, right. Uh, it's been. I don't think it's been there that long, but it's an interesting take on the possession standard narrative. So it's not doesn't play out like your standard possession slash exorcism movie. Okay. Just something different with it. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it in two sittings because I started it at a stupid time of day. But yeah, I enjoyed it, and it was enough for me to go back to it. But yeah, the possession movie, but done done a bit differently. Oh, cool! I definitely watched that. Yeah, yeah. So I finally watched his house, which uh, was it? You or was it? It was Kirsty who recommended yeah, his Kirstie house was last recommend. week. And uh, yeah, that's very interesting. It basically works just like every other scary movie in a way, but it has a lot of social commentary as well. His but, house. Uh, yeah. That's on oh, Netflix as well. Yeah, it's about um, it's about African. African asylum seekers in a so it's got it's got a lot of sort of social realism in it, but yeah. then they're kind of in this council house which is haunted. Um, so it's uh, it works on many levels and has Matt Smith in it for about yeah. two scenes, um, which is a, a good coup for them. Um, he's he's very good, but yeah, but it's it's, it's got some it's got some scary again. Bent, slightly bent people with skinny limbs mm. um, and things in the walls. So it's got qu quite a lot of jumps. Right. So don't watch I'll it alone. Yeah, yeah nice. quite fun. Okay, so uh, a couple of. Oh, Ian, there was another recommendation you wanted to follow up on. Uh, Stella was talking about his dark materials a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes. Yeah, I finally, I finally got past episode one. And I'm Yay. now enjoying it. Yeah, my announcement. Good. So Told <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I love the books, and actually, and this isn't really too much of a spoiler. As soon as I kind of wish he'd done it in the first episode, or does he do it in the first episode? When that sort of bad guy walks into modern, walks into our world. Yeah. That made me go, ah, oh, Jack Thorne is a very clever writer because. Yeah. Unless I'm remembering novels completely wrongly, that doesn't happen till the second book, does it? Mm, yeah, they overlapped a bit, didn't they, in the first series? Right. Yeah, well, they, I mean, basically, I think it's even season two. They basically have, they have, they have the power. They they deal with the parallel universe thing. Yeah, 
straight yeah. away. And yeah. that, that really makes it so you don't get, because even in the books, I was a bit like, God, there's, so everyone's got an animal. There's bloody animals everywhere. Everyone's got Stink. a demon. <laughs> it's like, it's like, every, it's like, there's a writer who's like made a rod for his back there. Every, he's going to describe every bugger's demon. Every single person you meet, he's going to describe their demon. It's like, and when, when she's running through a kitchen, it's like, where are all the bloody demons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animals here. And what about real animals? How can you tell if they're a real animal or a demon? That's a good question, but um, yeah. yeah, and uh, they're only semi-successful in the TV show of disguising the fact that not every single person has a demon, but they 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 get away with it. They put enough foreground um, animals in. Yeah. The, the bit where the um, there's, there's later in the series, there's like a paratrooping bunch of soldiers who leap out <clears> of a plane, and like the two of them at the front have got birds on their shoulders. Yeah. Uh, and and it just doesn't look, and you know that the ones behind them don't but the camera <laughs> just doesn't linger on them it just lets it get on with it there's not a whole load of labradors going ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh dear anyway I nice one. I, uh, glad, glad you're enjoying that one ian that's our another of, of our follow-up non-horror recommendations so yeah. very quickly my two for this week so firstly, tomorrow, if you're listening to this when we upload it on Friday, Saturday the 28th of November on BBC Two at 20 past 12, so I suppose technically it's it's Sunday, uh, is Westworld, not the TV series, the, the 1973 film. Not a horror film technically, but I think it's it's scary and that's always been its, its appeal to me, the last 15 minutes of it. Not not a great amount of the film, but the last fifteen minutes of it are an incredibly tense and scary chase, and Yul Brynner as the uh, implacable murderous robot gunslinger is it's, one of the great movie monsters. I think. What inspired Terminator as well? Yeah, yes. It's basically Terminator as well, isn't it? Yeah, so very that's, much so. That's where it came from. Um, and the other thing, I don't like um, the TV series. It doesn't outlive its welcome because it's really quick. Well, I can't speak series. to that. They just stopped. The first series, <laughs> I've only seen the first series of the TV show and, and I'm not sure I want to go on longer. I love the first series, but I just felt that's it. It's done it. I'll leave it. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that was. And the other thing good. I'd like to recommend, also on the same night on ITV4 at 11pm is Manhunter, which <sighs> is Still my favourite version of Hannibal Lecter, although I might revise my opinion when we eventually get to do the proper Hannibal episode that mm. Kirsty's been hinting at forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great movie. Although I love that story. I love Red Dragon, the book. I love, I, I, well, I don't love, but I quite like the, the other film of it. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what they do with it in the TV series Hannibal, because that's the part of the series I haven't seen yet. Um, oh, do they... Do they uh, does the TV series Hannibal move on then? It does. To it does. It's Red not. Dragon. It's not. It, I think they started off intending it to be a prequel to Red Dragon, but it ends up adapting Red Dragon and Hannibal as well. The novel. Oh, I'm more interested in watching that then because the murder of the week bit got a bit tedious for me when I was right. watching. Right. Interesting. I love Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, as, he's great. As he's him. great. Um, so I'd be uh, interested in actually just picking up when they start the Red Dragon bit. <laughs> well, that's all series three. So, oh. and series three is Hannibal. Because well, I didn't have novel. enough TV to watch. So, so you. 
Oh dear. So yeah. So um, anyway, uh, thank you so much, both of you. It's been marvelous. Thanks, Dan. And thank you for terrifying us, Ian. Yeah. Again. Again. Again stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Some nicer stories next week, please. I can. Yeah. I've, got, I've got more dead space behind me. And look at that. I've got skele- I've got actually for the listeners at home. I have actually got a skeleton behind me. So. You've got a skeleton on your shoulder. <laughs> It's, yes. Yes. It's not a real skeleton. Nothing about my shoulder. But no, yeah. Yes. You've got a. You've got. I think it looks like a Victorian orphan, which is. Totally <laughs> <original>. <laughs> Mr. Pipes is just stood well, over there. I never. I him. never said I wasn't a hack writer. I've got some curtains yeah. over there. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. you probably saw something there that I didn't. So, anyway, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, Go check out our recommendations. Hope you're not too scared. The show will be back next week. I don't know what's going to be on it. You'll find out. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You have been listening to And Now the Podcast Starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Stella Gaynor, T.D. Velasquez, and Ian Winterton. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music, and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at and now Pod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at and now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash and now podcast. And now the podcast stops.